everybody. Good morning. We're just regular people, right? Just trying to follow Jesus. <laughs> Indeed. So that's good. I'm Brian. This is Casey, if we haven't met before. And hey, greetings to all of you that are joining us online as well. Um, we've got a little different setup uh, for this morning. Um, Casey and I are going to be uh, tag team uh, preaching today. I don't think we've ever done this before. No, this we is haven't. great. This is we've been on fun, staff together, it? been friends for a long time. And um, that's intentional on a couple different levels. Um, first of all, we're in week six of this series on lament. You know, we've been doing these even lament prayers in the midst of worship. You know, a unique season that we've been walking through is a church. And um, we just want to acknowledge that, uh, you know, it's not the easiest thing to walk through, right? Indeed, um, it isn't. Hopefully, but Not sure if that's you or me. I think that might be me. Okay, I'll try it there. Um, it's me? It's me. Casey. Oh, there you go. It's usually me. Well, usually, usually it's, the problem. it's whoever's standing up here talking. <laughs> there <we go. laughs> um, okay, so... We've been doing this series on lament, and, you know, it certainly hasn't been easy for us, uh, mm. for those of us that have been getting up here and speaking, but also recognize, like, it's been a little bit of a haul as a listener, right? You know, a lot yeah. to take in. And so even just uh, for us in having a bit more of a conversation today, we just wanted to mix things up um, a little bit um, with that. It's important stuff. It's necessary, but it's mm -hmm. certainly not easy. Yeah. And if you're following along on the bookmarks, you might uh, be aware that what we're going to talk about today is death and disease. And that's, uh, again, not a real uh, easy topic. And between the two of us, this, um, these topics have touched each of us personally. And we recognize that, you know, for most of us, that that's the case as well. And because of that, because it's, it's, it's a heavy topic. We are going to approach this in a little different way. Like Brian said, there's sure. conversation, but we also want to bring in lots of different voices. Mm -hmm. And so it, lots of things are going to look a little bit different this morning. And the intent is for us to mix things up, hear lots of voices, because this looks different for all of us. And so something that resonates with me or resonated especially during difficult times would be different than mm -hmm. it is for Brian. So we're going to do that, and here's where we're really going with this. The focus here is hope. Mm -hmm. There is hope. Mm -hmm. And God uniquely gives us this way to come to him in lament so that we can find hope. Yeah, exactly. And so, yes, there are hard things in life, uh, but there's also real hope that we can experience. And so we've been using this little bit of an uh, image of crossing the bridge of lament. Um, we want to talk today about how that leads us somewhere, and particularly today we want to focus on the way that lament can actually lead us uh, to hope. And here's how we've summarized that thought. In lament, we cry out to God so that, so that we can connect with an eternal kind of of hope. And so, again, this morning we want to share a bunch of practical examples of what lament can look like, what it can sound like, so that we can access this very real hope that we can found 
on the other side. That's where we're headed. Let's dive in. If you want to grab a Bible in front of you, we're going to be in Psalm 6 this morning. Uh, So many of the Psalms give voice to these kinds of prayers. Uh, You can find that on your your device. Uh, I'll pray, and then Casey, you can go ahead and read um, Psalm 6. So God, again, we just welcome you here in this space. God, we pray for your unique voice to be with every person today. Um, God, that you could speak and move among us in a way that is so personal, uh, so specific. Um, And so we just invite you to do that as we share today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're looking at Psalm 6. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord. For my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groanings. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch in tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all of my foes. Away from me, all who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayers. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. Okay, so Psalm 6 uh, is one of the many laments that was written by famous King David, um, and it is tagged with this um, little intro term, uh, which is semineth. Uh, it's the Hebrew word for eight, the number eight. Um, and some commentators think that um, that's only a reference to like an eight-string instrument. Sometimes there was musical cues in that way. Uh, but there's actually other scholars that think that um, this term on this particular uh, psalm is referencing the lowest note that can be sung by the human voice. Isn't that powerful? If that's true, um, the symbolism of that, of how lament can give voice to even the lowest of lows um, that we can experience in life. So here in Psalm 6, one of the key items that David was facing was an ongoing physical ailment. And so, as Casey mentioned, along those lines, one of some things we're going to share today apply to issues that we might uh, face in our health, even with death and disease. But um, what we're going to talk about today really extends to any kind of circumstance um, that we can uh, experience. And again, our big idea for this morning is this. In lament, we cry out to God. We turn to God so that something can happen. We can connect with God with an eternal kind of hope. So let's explore the first part, Um, this first part of we cry out to God. Uh, Psalm 6 gives some vivid examples of what our cries to God can sound like. Uh, David prayed in verses 2 and 3. He said, God, have mercy on me in my pain. So David turned to God in the midst of his pain. Um, Casey, you, um, you've had like even a recent story of yeah. what that looked like for you. Would you, would you yeah. share a little bit about what that has Absolutely. been like? <laughs> I will and try really hard not <laughs> so to not do me. whatever I'm doing to make it <laughs> pop. But, you know, if it does, it just does, okay? Can we be okay with there it? There we go. <laughs> All right, great. Yeah, so, you know, I've had some significant opportunities in the last four years 
as um, I'm sure most of you are aware, to practice this whole lament thing. Um, my, my sister died from cancer. My husband died just over a year ago. But um, more recently, I had an experience. I got a call back from a routine mammogram saying, you need to come back and check it out again. Okay, not a big deal. I'll just go back. I go back and they take a look at it and they say, well, you know, we don't think this is a big thing. In fact, there's a 1% chance that this is even anything bad. Okay. I'm like, all right, I let my kids know I'm going to go back. I'm going to have a biopsy. But the doctors don't think it's any big deal, so we're not going to worry about it. Just going to do the thing, right? So I go do the thing, and then I'm waiting to get the call back from the doctor. And um, I'm, it's evening. I'm sitting in the living room with my two adult kids who live in my home. And I get a buzz on my phone. It's my charts. Oh. You've got results. I've got results. <laughs> it's gonna t I'm going to look through words I don't know. And I'm going to say the <laughs> word benign. And then I'm going to say to the kids, OK, yeah. we're good. It's all good. So I open it up. I don't see the word benign. I see the word um, malignant carcinoma. I don't know a lot of medical things, but I know that that is not benign. <laughs> and I don't know all the other words, and so I don't know how big of a deal this is. I mean, this is something. Um, so I choose not to say anything to kids, right? Like, why tip them over? I'm going to wait till I get the call from the doctor, and I'm, I'm just going to wait. So, you know, I stay in the living room, continue to watch television, and, um, and I don't say anything. And then I crawl into bed, and I pull the covers up over me, and I say, no, no, no. This is too much. This is too much. It's been just a year since my husband died. My children cannot lose me, having just lost their father. My grandchildren cannot lose their grandma after losing their papa. I feel like I'm just getting back up to speed at work after having been gone. And, and it's just not fair. It's not fair to the staff. It's just one more thing. No. No God. So I cry out to the God of the universe and say, no. No. And as I lay there in my bed crying, his presence just overtook me. I feel like I felt the full presence of the Trinity. I felt like I felt the Father's loving arms around me. I felt like I had Jesus next to me. I felt like the power of the Holy Spirit bringing hope and comfort were there and really, really tangibly real to me. And I felt like Jesus said, Casey, it's going to be okay. We're going to walk this out together just like we walked out all the other things that we've walked out together. I'm going to be beside you. And I felt like the Father God said, and Casey, I love your children, your grandchildren, the church and the staff so much more than you do. Trust all of that to be in my hands. So again, I've had a fair amount of experience in this whole lament thing. And I understand how important it is to cry out to God in all of it. And I recently read this quote, and it just really makes sense to me. Here it is. We must remember that pain is not the enemy. Pain is pain. 
Pain needs to be expressed, for pain that is not expressed can never be transformed. Pain that is not transformed will transmit. Man, I found that to be true. We have this opportunity to call out to the God of hope, to bring us hope in our pain so that we can be transformed, not just to say the words, but so that we can actually be transformed Mm -hmm. and so that we don't transmit our pain in unhealthy ways to the people who we love around us. Thanks so much, Katie. That's uh, really good. (laughs) Um, I just love your authenticity of the turning to God with that real stuff. You know, we've been talking about um, just bringing our real hearts to God, and then how God met you in the middle of that. And then, I didn't notice we even put this in our notes, but you're actually doing really well. No, yeah, exactly. You know, so. you know I, I, yes, <laughs> yes. I've been through all the things, surgery, a little bit of radiation treatment. My prognosis is really, really good. That's good. So, you didn't want to make sure. Yeah, we should that. say that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So, sometimes we're like writing these sermons and we're like trying to make a point. We're like, oh, we should tell them that you're doing okay. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Good point. Okay. So on this whole idea of recognizing, crying on our pain, I actually want to share a lament prayer. Um, Casey um, has a book that uh, she shared with me, and uh, it's written by this wonderful gal named Kate Bowler, and uh, I think it puts into everyday language a number of things that we all can experience at different points in our life, um, and then particularly gives some words to how we can try to turn to God in the middle of this. And so I'd actually like to just have us read this together, okay? So this is from Kate Bowler. Uh, let's read this aloud together. God, I'm fumbling around for answers, reasons, meaning. I can't find any purpose for this pain. Why me? Why them? Why now? I don't know when this is going to get better or if I will ever feel relief. God, make this pain matter, at least to you. See me in my fragility. Give me a reminder of your presence. Reach for me. I'm too weary to reach for you. Blessed are we who need to be reminded that there are some things we can fix and some things we can't. Blessed are we who can say, my life isn't always getting better. Right in the midst of the pain and fear and uncertainty, may we hunt for beauty and meaning and truth together. Not to erase the pain or solve the pain, that surely would be nice, but to remind us that beauty and sorrow coexist. And that doesn't mean we're broken or have been forgotten. God is here. And we are never, were never, and will never be alone in our hope, in our disappointment, in our joy, in our pain. Christ have mercy. Our God have mercy. Christ have mercy. Spirit have mercy. Amen and amen. Man, what a powerful prayer. And, you know, um, there's another book that we didn't have time to uh, include here. But, you know, I think in both of our experiences, we've been finding real help, not only from the Psalms, but also like some really great resources um, along those lines. Um, one of the key lines that stood out for to me from Kate Bowler's prayer was um, 
Remind us that beauty and sorrow coexist. Mm. I know that that stood out to you as well. Yeah, yeah. So when my um, sister was diagnosed with cancer, and it seemed sure even from the start that it would take her life, and it would be a hard road, I said to God, I felt an invitation from God to step into the pain and the sorrow of, of losing my baby sister and watching her go through what was ahead of her in a way that I had never done before. Mm-hmm. I, um, I just am a person who traditionally, bad things, hard things, sad things, they go over here because they get in my way. I'm going to focus on <laughs> happy things, good things, thankful things, right? <laughs> yeah. That's how, that, so that's just how I did, you know, 60-some years of life. And, and God just so clearly said to me at the very onset, Casey, you, this is an opportunity for you to feel the weight of sorrow at losing your baby sister. And I will meet you there in a powerful way that you have never experienced because you haven't been willing to go there. So I had no idea how to do that. I just said, okay, I'm willing. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to hold the pain, the hurt, the ache, all of the things. And at the very same time, there's so much good and joy in my sister's life. She would light up a room when she walked in the door. You've met, you met her. Um, tiny little thing and just always, um, she just brought joy wherever she went. That was, that was who she was. And so God said, Casey, you can hold. You can hold sorrow and you can hold joy at the same time. So that was my journey. And then, of course, when my husband um, became sick and 12 days later died, it was yet another opportunity to hold those two things in practice. And I was talking to, to some folks about it one day and talking about this joy, sorrow, joy, sorrow. And I accidentally said, Jaro. And I stopped and went, wait, that's it. That's it. It's a thing. Jaro. We are meant to walk our lives with Jaro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had an experience about that just a couple weeks ago. Um, officiated a, a memorial service, um, actually over at Hartley uh, Nature Center. Um, and man, it was one of the most sacred times I've experienced as a pastor. Um, and such a wide array of emotions. Um, mm. Celebrating a life uh, of... Uh, this amazing woman, life of love well-lived, and the heartache of this amazing 42-year-old mm. woman that had just passed away from cancer. And so just these mixtures of things, like this is life, right? Mm. Um, but God meets us in the middle of that, and God give us, gives us the strength, um, that ability to be able to hold these things mm-hmm. all uh, together. Yeah. So as we continue to look at the text, verse 3 how long, oh Lord. I cannot read that passage without thinking about my dear husband, Mark. So Mark, for those of you who don't know, Mark suffered for 60 some years. He died at 66. He was diagnosed with asthma when he was six years old. And that asthma just progressively continued to take a significant toll on his ability to breathe. And um, in addition to that, he just, he just struggled to sleep. Mm-hmm. He struggled to sleep his entire life. And so the combination of, you know, 
by the time he hit 66, he was a weary, weary person. And I can remember him saying to me within the last 10 years or so, I'd see him sitting at the kitchen table, he had using his nebulizer, and he would just look at me and say, Case, I'm weary in every way a human can be weary. And then other times he would just say, Case, I'm, I'm just ready to go home. Mm. And th that's, that's when I read this, how long, oh Lord. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm not the only one who's tried to bring hope in that situation. You know, many of you are caregivers and live alongside someone in chronic pain, and, and it, it's hard. And then in addition to that, many of you, have you live with whatever the chronic conditions are of life, and it's hard. And this, how long, oh Lord, right? It's a cry that many of us know oh so well. So, we said we wanted to bring in lots of different voices. I want to read a little snippet. This is a commentary from Michael Card's book, A Sacred Sorrow, on this particular passage right here. So here's what, here's what this says. In lament, David cries out to the Lord for healing. How long? He groans again and again like an impatient patient. He confesses his terror in verse three. But still, he appeals to God on the basis of his Hesed love in the following verse. Though the presence of the disease causes David to question the mysterious inconsistency of God's Hesed love, he refuses to doubt either the, neither the existence nor the reality of it. From our limited perspective, disease and death will always seem inconsistent with God's loving kindness. But at the very same time, the foundation of all the hope in every lament is always, always God's chesed love as well. Really so much like, much like David, um, my husband knew deep in his soul where his hope lied. Yeah. He knew that his hope did not lie in anything that was, that was um, in this world. His hope lied in a God that loved him, despite many times it, it, you know, it just didn't feel that way. And here's just a really big, big piece in here. You know, there's no indication that David is healed, right? We, we, there's no indication in the psalm of that whatsoever. And Mark wasn't healed on this side of the grave either, but... And this is a really, really <laughs> yeah. big but. Yeah. For both of them today, now, right at this moment, they are fully and completely healed. Yeah. Fully and completely. They're experiencing the joy of Jaro. <laughs> no more sorrow. Here's the next cry that we see in Psalm uh, 6. In verse 4, David prays, turn and save me, Lord. A spot um, tracks so much with what Becca talked about last week, um, with these common steps of lament, of turning to God, complaining, asking, 
and then trusting. Turn, complain, ask, and trust. And this is the step of asking. God, deliver me. God, turn and save me. God, do something. Um, that is the kind of prayers. Uh, in prep for today, I was reflecting on um, just some of my own journey and um, experiences along these lines. And I think I've mentioned um, a couple of things in this in passing over the last few years, but I don't think I've, I've talked quite as extensively about uh, a health scare that I had five years ago. It's actually it was five years ago this week that um, I went to Mayo Clinic um, because an MRI had shown that I had a, a tumor on my pituitary gland. Um, the tumor was causing me to produce five times more of a particular growth hormone that should be going through my system, uh, which lead into a whole bunch of other things going on in my body. <clears throat> and so here I was, 44 years old, two teenage daughters, leading lots of people, lots of ministry stuff here at church, um, you know, kind of in this key time of life. Mm -hmm. And here I am um, facing neurosurgery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so certainly there were periods of stress and anxiety, but as you just described mm -hmm. a moment ago, Casey, and how God met you, um, I had a really similar experience, you know, uh, experiencing God's supernatural peace and presence as I tried to turn to him in the midst of uh, this health situation. And again, similar to you, like yeah. there was an amazing way that mm. like even as I, I had to wait and th there was like this infusion of hope that I experienced um, right in that moment. Mm. But even with that peace and with that hope in that time, uh, I just remember praying some pretty honest prayers, asking kinds of prayers, like, God, you got to do something, you know, uh, do something in the middle of that. Uh, in my case, there ended up being a pathway forward for some really great medical care, um, for my health to be restored. Um, my tumor was benign. Um, you know, the, the surgeon that I had at Mayo um, was specialized in these kinds of things. He did like three or four of these types of surgeries every week. Um, and I had a bunch of people praying for me. And so, um, so there's, there was a real pathway there. But man, there's just so much in the middle of that journey. You know? mm -hmm. And I think so many of you can relate, whether it's a health thing, whether it's a relationship thing, um, whether it's unexpected things with jobs or finances. There's so many different aspects of life where life just like, gives us a curveball. And we're like, what the heck, God? Okay. But we turn to God in the middle of that. So often God meets us in that, and we can sometimes experience, oftentimes can experience this unexpected hope. But it's a challenging journey uh, nonetheless. Now, I noticed that as I share just even my own particular journey, and like there's some things that turned out well circumstantially, like thankfully, mm -hmm. like for you and your cancer, mm -hmm. like things are going really good right now. It's also worth acknowledging that um, there's many folks, maybe a number of folks here today, where like that pathway isn't as clear. Or maybe there aren't easy answers, where you turn to God and you ask, but in the waiting, there can be kind of that sense of powerlessness um, that can be really overwhelming. Yeah. And you know, Brian, when we're in the midst, as we've both experienced, mm -hmm. and I know many of you had, in that, that place of shock and fear and uncertainty, we cry out with this deep, deep cry because you know what? Here's the truth. It was never supposed to be like this. We were not meant to deal with, with pain and disease in the way that we deal with it. That's not, that wasn't God's original plan. That's not how he created things in the Garden of Eden. But instead... 
when sin entered the world, it's like there are these ripple effects, right? And they play out mm -hmm. in all of our lives. And, and so the reality is that day to day, we will deal with the reality of pain and death. Yeah, and there's so much of what David expresses as Psalm 6 goes on. He says, I'm faint, I'm in agony, I'm in deep anguish, I'm worn out from my groaning, uh, my eyes grow weak with sorrow. Um, and as you shared a moment ago, Casey, like God desires for us to come to him and to be honest and real. We're going to give up. <laughs> there we go. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Thank you. This feels so much better. Feels like I have a little more control. There you go. Yeah, Brian. You know, um, we've talked about a, a lot of different kinds of resources here that God gives us, and just this idea that that God, in His very Word, He has given us all of these examples of lament. And I know that for me and I know for you, that as we have gone through these very hard seasons of our lives, we have gone to the scriptures, we have gone to these laments to find that hope. Mm -hmm. And th this is um, yet another passage that, from a book that I just think speaks so well to this. So this is um, in the book, Luminous Dark, Alan Emerson. He describes what it was like to walk through the death of his wife who was only 23 years old at the time. And what he discovered from scriptures and specifically the passages of laments. So listen to what he says here. I look back on those survival days. I remember the newfound appreciation I developed for the integrity and the honesty of scripture. It was strange to me, but I began to experience this holy connection, a recognition that the Bible made space for such outburst of utter hopelessness and pain without rushing in to move me from this place. The words of the sacred scripture rested on me and gave voice to my despair. Somehow, in giving voice to our laments, we experience God's comfort, his reassurance, and often, um, as we've been touching on a number of ways today, um, we actually experience hope. You know, that would be like the most unexpected thing. You wouldn't think that if you start to lean into something like lament, that you're going to be met with hope, Absolutely. right? You're thinking like you're just going to yeah. spiral down and, and different things. But so often, what God brings is a hope that supersedes our current circumstances. So we've already touched on that through a number of different ways this morning, but I want to finish up by actually wanting to talk about hope even more uh, specifically. So again, in lament, we cry out to God, and then through that, we can connect with real hope, yeah. an eternal kind of hope. Yeah, and like you said, it, it feels counterintuitive, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Right, and, um, but, he, but here's the thing. As, as followers of Jesus, we have this really, really tangible hope. And again, drawing on words from other people mm -hmm. who have talked about this very thing. I want to read um, a quote from Michael Card's book where he talks about 
the unique place we are in as followers of Jesus. So listen to this. Christians sometimes think we are not supposed to grieve because of our faith and our theology, that it provides us with the confidence of heaven and eternal life. But while 1 Thessalonians 4.13 says that we are not to grieve as those who have no hope, we grieve nevertheless. Those without hope, they grieve in one way. Those with hope grieve in another. Either way, grief is universal and not to be avoided. It is a legitimate response to loss. Lament is our unique way to grieve as Christians. It is a way of saying, this isn't right. This isn't okay. I hate this. And it allows the Holy Trinity to surround us with their presence as we cry out. This is the unique experience of Christians. That is not where we find that, and that is where we find Strength to continue, even when the pain does not stop. That's powerful. Okay, so here are a few specific ways that we can connect with this hope. First of all, um, we can connect with the hope that God hears us. Yeah. In Psalm 6, um, this seems to be the main source of David's comfort. Um, again, there's no indication that he, his physical condition went away, and yet David found hope in being heard by God. Listen again to verses eight and nine. He says, the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. In our human friendships even, we, we get these experiences where we, we know the value of being heard. Even, uh, even if a situation at hand hasn't changed one bit, um, experiencing the compassion of another person uh, can make such a huge difference. Often our anxiety begins to go down. We can start to think more objectively. Uh, we can gain courage to persevere. So often that comes by just having another person hear what's going on in our lives. If that's true about us with one another, how much more is it a gift to know that the God of the universe hears the cries of our hearts and he truly cares? As we pour out our cries to him, he pours in his supernatural presence and peace. Again, so often that helps us to connect with, with hope. And that's so much of what yeah. we were talking about earlier. Yeah, so true. And then secondly, we have a hope that God loves us. So yes, you know, there's that universal God loves us, the whole, all of mankind, Everybody. right? <laughs> Everybody. So much that he sent his son, right? True truth. But I'm talking about that hope that God loves me mm -hmm. when I'm laying in my bed crying out to God. That God loves you specifically, Brian, mm -hmm. when you're in surgery, mm -hmm. right? And that truth is that God loves each and every single one of us in that very unique sort of way. Mm -hmm. I love this picture that so often I'm reminded of in, in scriptures that talks about how God 
inclines his ear. It's this very picture mm. of him leaning forward, right? Just much like we would lean towards a child who's speaking to us. He leans forward to hear us. And he doesn't lean forward only when we say things like, wow, that was a great sunset, God, or oh, good, I found a parking place, <laughs> or whatever the thing is, right? When we're saying thank you to him. No, he leans forward, and I dare say that if he could lean forward more, he leans forward more when we cry out in our pain and our agony. It's said really well in Psalm 33. This is Psalm 33, verses 20 to 22. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Mm. Hope in God's love. It's such powerful stuff. Mm. Third, we also grasp on to hope that God will make things right in the end. In 1 Peter 1, we read this, um, that God chose Christ as our ransom, as your ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God, and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Listen to what Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8, um, uh, verse 23. It says, we believers groan. That's a real experience, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of this future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies that he has promised us. So, like, this is not the end of the story. Like, there's so much um, in the scriptures that help to point us towards this is not how things end. Yeah. You know, that God is in this recreation process that began with the coming of Jesus, that Jesus came to usher in this life of his kingdom, and that everywhere he was going, and then he sends all of us to be able to um, just to continue that work that God is making all things new. Now, the reality of where we live right now is this thing we call here at the vineyard so often we call the already and the not yet. You know, it's like we've already experienced so many ways that God has broken in and not yet has all of that come to full fruition. And so we live in this in-between time. But we need to, we want to grasp onto this hope that in the end, God really will make all things new. You know, we can have hope because Jesus conquered death. Death is a defeated enemy. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it's hard. But when we put our trust in Christ, we don't have to fear what is on the other side. And we can live with even a greater confidence in the here and now. And then, as we live in this waiting, you know, this often groaning time between the already and the not yet of this life, we can trust in the end that God really will make all things new, mm. even including our physical bodies. You That's know? right. <laughs> I love that. You know, <laughs> as I'm pushing 50 now, I'm like, oh, man, I, I need some uh, extra things there. Sorry it's, to tell you, it doesn't get better. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> um, but that we'll be released from um, this experience, not just of like aches and pains, mm. but 
what Romans 8 talks even more specifically about is the weight of sin and suffering. Like this is where it really hits home. The brokenness of this world is the weight that we feel most acutely. And that the redemption that Jesus has bought with his death and his resurrection, that it's going to come full mm-hmm. circle. And then we can place our full hope in him. And we'll know the joy of being loved and welcomed as God's children. So friends, that's where this is all going. This is where that ends. I don't know what your story is right now, what you may be walking through. Things might be going really well in your life right now. And so it might be really easy for you to grasp onto a hopeful future and to think, oh, like things are going, you know, it's, it's, it's going on mm-hmm. a really good path. Others, you might be in a really different spot where it's like you don't see any way, pathway forward, you know. Again, that might be related to something as we're talking about today related to uh, a health condition or something that you're walking through with someone else. It could be a totally different circumstance. But here's where we want to lean into today. In any and every one of those circumstances, God can infuse us with his hope. Mm. It's supernatural. I've seen it over and over again in my own life and have the privilege in walking together with folks in ministry to see God come so graciously in the midst of some really yeah. hard and real situations. Mm-hmm. And you just even see it over people's faces where there's like, ah, oh, like nothing's changed and everything's changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. that God is able to bring his hope, infuse that into our lives. That's what he wants to do. And in each one of these points that we just made at the end, God hears us, God loves us, and God is in the process of making things right. There are invitations for each and every one of us. So there isn't a person sitting here today that God isn't inviting us into more. That is his very nature all of the time. And that is how he loves each and every one of us. So we just want to take some time mm-hmm. for, the, for the Holy Spirit to maybe con convict us, to show us? What is it? Is it in the place of hearing, of God hearing us? Do you struggle to trust that God really hears you? Or maybe for you, it's in the place of God loving you. You can buy the big God loves everyone piece, maybe, but God loves you, every aspect of you and absolutely everything you're going through. Or maybe it's this idea of of making things right. Maybe you're at a place where you haven't yet stepped into a a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're at a place of just kind of being on the outside of that. Maybe you hadn't quite understood that the way God ultimately made things right was by sending his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for all of us. That was his way of making things right. So wherever it is that you find yourself and anywhere else on the continuum, God has something for us here and now. So we'd like to invite you to stand, move into a time of ministry. We'd like the ministry team to go ahead and come forward. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room. 
would you very specifically right now, as we calm and quiet ourselves before you, would you show us the invitation that you have for us? So again, we're just going to hold a little space here. Give us that awareness of what you're up to in each one of us. Thank you for how personal you are. I think there's a number of us um, that just longing for that infusion of hope. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, whatever the the surrounding um, things with that might be, I think there's a real invitation for us to say, I just, I just know I need more of God and um, mm-hmm. I'm just looking to him to be my hope. And so would you help me get there? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, Spirit, would you just come and give us that courage? God, give us that ability to turn to you mm-hmm. and to trust that you're gonna meet us with good things. In the place of that How long, oh Lord, (laughs) how long, oh Lord. For some of us, there is a weariness that is deep. And in some instances, it's connected with a chronic health condition. But in some instances, it's a broken heart. Mm -hmm. It's a heart that is broken from a severed relationship. It is a heart that is just broken and feels like it's crushed and in pieces, and how long must I feel this pain? Mm. And, and I'm also acutely aware of caregivers. Mm-hmm. For, for people, in, again, in a physical chronic condition, even in acute conditions, and, and that walking along somebody whose heart's been broken... Yeah, so God, we just turn to you. God, we we bring you the real stuff of our lives. Mm. Uh, God, we step forward with um, a faith and hope that you're going to meet us uh, in the middle of that. Just come even more, Lord. Mm. Thank you, God. Uh, So we've got some of the ministry team up here. If you're on our ministry team, you can soon commit your way up here. Um, The team's going to lead us in some worship. um, And I just want to invite you. Whatever it is that God may be doing in you, take the time. Take the time that you need um, to be able to respond to him, to engage with him. I think, again, that looks so many different ways across this whole room, those of you that are watching online. But God can meet us. We trust you, Lord, to meet us. Come, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Let's worship. Let's pray. Thanks so much for being here at the Vineyard today.